This episode of the Cut the Crap Show as part of the Resilience Prescription is brought to you by Get Abstract. Go to getab.li slash rrx to get yourself a free three-day trial to Get Abstract. Back when I first started the Cut the Crap Show, I used to condense each of these episodes into a handful of golden nuggets, and I don't have the time to do that anymore. So that's why Get Abstract and I are partnering together because they do that for you. So if you love listening to this episode, but you want a PDF summary of this episode and more, then go to Get Abstract by going to getab.li slash rrx. The title for today's book, Mini Habits, Stephen Guys, that's available on there. All the previous episodes of the Cut the Crap Show, not all of them, but the majority of them, I would say more than 75% of them are on there. So go to getab.li slash rrx. That's G-E-T-A-B dot L-I slash rrx. Get your free three-day trial and download as many summaries as you can. And if you like Get Abstract, then absolutely you might want to consider a subscription. But again, go to getab.li slash rrx. Get your free three-day trial. All right, real quick before we cut into this episode, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, I want you to text me, 1-917-540-8169. But what I want you to text me is this, your top golden nugget from today's episode. I want to hear what your favorite takeaway was from today. And maybe you didn't have a specific takeaway, but there was some thought, some stimulus, some spark that came to you as a result of today's episode. I want to hear from you. I want to know what that was. So text me, 1-917-540-8169, and let me know what your top golden nugget from today's episode was. Again, that's 1-917-540-8169. What's shaking, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show as part of the Resilience Prescription. We're all having a good start to your week. And if not, I hope that it does turn around and I hope that you can find maybe something in this podcast that maybe brings you up just a notch or two. But this week's book's a good one. Mini Habits, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results by our guest Stephen Guise. He's the author of the book. And the reason I chose this book, very simply, is because we have a follow-through problem today. We have a follow-through problem. We have challenges in setting goals and following through on them. We have challenges in creating new habits and following through on them. We have a challenge in setting a new time management regimen and following through on it. We fail to follow through on our to-do list, the things we tell ourselves we're going to do every morning we wake up, we don't follow through. And I believe the reason for that, Stephen picked it out. We set goals, we set to-do lists, we set time management regimens way too high. They seem great, they seem beautiful, but our results are crappy. And in the end, what we have to do is we have to set an embarrassing goal, an embarrassing time management regimen, something that's so simple to achieve that it's embarrassing to tell people about it. (laughs) Now you might be saying, Caligari, what the heck are you talking about, man? (laughs) That just means you got to listen to this episode. It's a great episode, very simple approach, and I like it for myself. Anything that I'm struggling with, I'm going to set a mini habit for. I'm actually going to inject this into a lot of my coaching that I do. In any case... Give this episode a listen. Let me know what you think. Again, let me know what your top golden nugget was from this episode and throw me a text. Let me know what it was. I'd love to hear your top takeaway. Enjoy the episode. I'll catch you back here at the end. I'm very excited today to bring you our guest, the author of Mini Habits, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results, Stephen Guys. What's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on the show. Again, I, I love talking to authors, but I love talking to authors that have shaved heads and beards, baby. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
We are one of a kind. Or yes, several we of a kind. You know, something like that. We look like Mr. Clean sans the beard. But anyway, <laughs> uh, man, I've been looking forward to having you on the show in a, uh, for quite a while now because my fascination with trying to influence the way we think and the way we behave to change the way we feel has been an obsession of mine. And when I look at behavior management, when I look at trying to change behavior, build new habits, it's tough, man. It's really tough. And when mm. I picked up your book, you really educated me on a new way to change behavior. And in a way that to me was a little, it was a little shocking at first. And so I'm really excited to talk to you about this idea of mini habits and how mini habits plays a role in building resilience. And also, I know you're working on another book as well. So maybe you can kind of inject some of your thinking into uh, the show as well, man. But I'm just really excited to dig deep into this one. And, uh, you know, before we do, actually, for people who don't really know who you're about or, or who you are, what you do, maybe give us a quick introduction, man, and then tell us why you wrote the book in the first place. Sure. So uh, though I write about self-help books, my uh, college degree is actually in finance. <laughs> and that that's a part of how I came to write habit books is... Mm -hmm. I went to college. My plan was to just get a degree and get a normal job so that I could enjoy the rest of my life. That was honestly my plan. Uh, and then I graduated in 2010 in the aftermath of the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get a job for a full year. Um, so I had some free time on my hands and I started a blog about just something I was interested in, which was behavior change. And the reason for that was I developed all kinds of bad habits growing up. And as I matured, I, I wanted to do something with my life, be productive, contribute to society instead of, you know, just playing video games all day. So uh, writing became my way to explore that. And then uh, after about 10 years of writing and experimenting and analyzing and researching, that's when I stumbled upon the mini habits idea and it quickly changed my life. So I wrote a book about it. Love it, man. It's so simple sometimes where this, an idea comes to you and you move forward with it and it just takes off. So for anybody who's out there wanting to change their behavior to build new habits, you know, you've kind of gotten into the gym and you start and stop, you get on the horse, you fall off the horse eating, right? You tried eating, right? You tried saving money and nothing seems to stick. You know, we listen to all the self-help books. We listen to all the self-help gurus and nothing seems to work. That's why I love this idea of mini habits. Because I think, I think this will work for you. So why don't we crack right into golden nugget number one, my man. And uh, golden nugget number one, Brooks us right into it. What are mini habits? Mini habits are a behavior that is, and this is ironic since the Great Recession led me to writing this book indirect, indirectly. Many habits are too small to fail. They're tiny behaviors mm -hmm. that you commit to doing every day. And so the first one that I started off with was one push-up. Uh, the first day I tried, <laughs> it was near the end of the year, and I was beginning to think about New Year's resolutions, though I don't really believe in those, so to speak. I, I was still reflecting over my past year, and I wanted to get better. So I was like, well, I'm not going to wait till January 1st. I'll just, uh, I'll start working out today. I'll just do a half hour workout. And I couldn't do it. Mm. <laughs> I just a 30 minute workout. I, I just couldn't muster up the motivation to do it. 
which is what I had been taught to do. And um, I read a book called Thinker Toys by Michael Michalko. Mm. And he talks about a, a creative thinking exercise where you consider the opposite of what you're currently thinking. And the idea behind that is it opens your mind up to the full spectrum of possibilities instead of just fixating on this one thing, like me trying to get motivated. I, I could only think of that path. So I thought, okay, what's the opposite of doing a 30-minute workout? And to me, the 30-minute workout was too intimidating. I was out of shape. So I thought, well, one push-up would be <laughs> opposite <laughs> in terms of difficulty. So that's what I ultimately ended up doing. And it actually turned into a 30-minute workout. And that blew my mind. I was like, whoa, did I just discover a cheat code? <laughs> See, this is the funny thing, is that when we set goals, and I always tell people this, you know, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, if you follow any of the Create Your Aid stuff, or for any of you who are a part of Create Your Aid or have listened to Brain Jiu-Jitsu, also part of the Resilience Prescription Show, we talk about setting goals and I've mentioned this multiple times in that we are really, really bad at setting goals, really bad at setting goals. And so there's one quote in your book that I loved that I'm going to like tattoo it on my forehead, post Malone style, because I loved it so much. Be the person with embarrassing goals and impressive results instead of one of the many people with impressive goals and embarrassing results. We are a world where we have nothing but embarrassing results because we don't really have results. And the ones that we do have, they're sad. So this is why I love the idea of mini habits, which actually breaks us into golden nugget number two, which is why do mini habits work? Why did that work for you? Like share even your personal story, how instead of doing the 30-minute workout, you went to doing one push-up, but that one push-up ended up turning into a 30-minute workout. Why was that, man? How did that work? Well, in the book, I, I explain that it's a lot like physics and specifically Newton's law of motion. An object at rest will stay at rest unless an external force acts upon it. And an object in motion will tend to continue to move. And mm -hmm. that's exactly what I experienced when I did that first push-up. I, my aim was so minute and worthless, but it did put me in motion towards the goal of exercising. And I played off that emotion. I kept setting additional micro goals. I was like, all right, I'll just do two more and then two more. And before you knew it, I was at 30 minutes. Amazing. And so that's, there's the habitual component to many habits where you're doing it every day to change the brain. But there's also the, the spark of a mini habit, which gets you started in the direction you want to go. It's actually interesting because I think we all, for the most part, have believed that to create a new habit, they say it takes between 21 and 30 days. But in your book, you actually show that studies say that it takes anywhere from 18 to 254 days to form a habit and that the average person needs 66 days. You're talking behavior change. Like when we talk about that, you're talking, you need a consistent effort. And so if you're going hard on your goals and you're saying, listen, I'm going to get myself in shape, baby. I'm going to get to the gym five days a week. I'm going to do a hundred burpees every single day. That takes a lot of discipline. And for those people who don't have a great deal of discipline, 
you're going to probably end up more often than not falling off the horse and maybe not getting back up on the horse. So have you seen any results or have you heard any anecdotes? And I'm sure you have, as you've put the book out there quite a while ago, I think this book is about six or seven years old. Have you seen people take on certain mini habits and grown into larger full scale habits that now become a part of their life? Oh yeah. Countless stories. I mean, they're, there are over a thousand reviews on the Amazon page. That's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite stories was actually uh, a teenager, a, a, a boy. He was afraid of the dark. And there was a, a shadow on his house that would cover about half of the lawn. So half of the lawn was darkness and half was mm -hmm. lit. And so mm -hmm. he would he would take one step into the darkness at a time, like over several days, I suppose. And then he eventually was sitting on the bench in complete darkness without any fear. Wow. And that's, that's not like a, a habit people try to form, but that's a very good way to, to picture how the process works. Mm. And for me personally, I, I work out every day now in varying wow. amounts, but definitely to a greater scale than I ever have in the past. And that's because I've built this foundation through many habits. And we sometimes forget that we are all a collection of habits. We all run our life based on habits. Um, research study at Duke University concluded that habits make up 45% of human behavior. And I'm talking habits where if you wake up in the morning and look at your phone and you lay in bed for 20 minutes, that's a habit. You know, going downstairs and whatever, going to your kitchen and looking around for food, that eventually becomes a habit. The time you eat becomes a habit. The food you eat becomes a habit. The comforts that you seek on a regular basis, those become habits. And so what we need to do is we need to slowly train ourselves to create these new habits. And I think the mini habit goal, or the goal of having mini habits, setting these micro goals, is really important to have us have or create long-standing changing behavior which to me is, goes against a lot of what we hear today, which is, you know, I follow my 90 day um, goal setting routine, but I never incorporated the mini habits into that. So for example, if I'm working with somebody after reading your book, if I'm working with somebody who isn't in shape, they want to get in shape. Um, what I'll say is, Hey, start off with the mini habit approach. So for 90 days, I want you to do just one push up and Increase that push-up one every couple days. So do one for the first two days and maybe move it up to two for the first two days. And they say, come on, man, I can do more than one push-up. I know you can, but we're not trying to test how many push-ups you can do. We're trying to create a new habit. So it's a different approach. And we have to remember that what we're trying to do is we're trying to rewrite the programming in our brain. And I think that you did a good job in the book talking about the subconscious brain, the, the basal ganglia, and how it efficiently automates the repeated behaviors that we use to navigate the world. And if we don't put the processes in place, take the actions, the consistent actions, we're not going to create these new habits. But we like to think that, hey, man, all I need to do is motivate myself. I'm just not motivated enough. I'm not motivated and all I got to do is put on the right music. I got to get the right pump up. I got to get the right person. You know, I got to get in the right mood. But that doesn't always work, which leads us to golden nugget number three, the problem with motivation. People think they don't achieve their goals because they're not motivated. What's the problem with motivation, man? Enlighten us. Motivation is problematic 
Partly because it's based on our emotional state. So if you think, oh, all I have to do is just get motivated, you have to realize that you have to want to get motivated in order to, for that to even have a chance of working. And when you're in a really down state, like, like I was before the mini habit on, uh, on, the, on my bed, I was just mm-hmm. sitting there thinking about doing a 30 minute workout. I wasn't even motivated to get motivated. Mm-hmm. So you can see how that can form a, a pretty negative situation mm-hmm. where you're trying to get motivated to get motivated to get motivated. That's right. And, and with the yeah. mini of it, you just, it's so small. You can just do it. You can just force yourself to do one push up. Mm. You're driving action rather than thinking about what it takes to be motivated. Cause unfortunately a lot of self-improvement programs, their pillar you know, the program relies on motivation to help fuel that sustained effort. You're taking it the other way around. I'm trying to create sustained effort to drive that motivation. And I think that's the big shift for me that I picked up from your book, which is, Hey man, we're not trying to think about it or, 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 or talk about it. We're just trying to do more action. And despite the fact that it's so simple, the actions we take are so small compounded over multiple days, multiple weeks, multiple months, that's how you create lasting change. So and I there's, really like that. There's some really interesting science behind this idea too. Uh, in a Duke journal study, they had people track their behavior and they attributed their emotional change to thoughts and actions. So we have, they say we have tens of thousands of thoughts every day. And obviously we have far fewer actions but still actions were responsible for two out of three emotional changes. Mm. So even with fewer actions, they were overly represented in changing people's emotional state. So the way to get motivated is actually to take action first. It's people have the right idea that motivation is good, but they tend to put the cart before the horse, so to speak. (laughs) Oh, wow. Again, a great reminder for all of us where I think we just have the wrong relationship with motivation. We think we need the motivation first before we actually get going. And it's funny. I remember this was, um, oh man, I can't remember her name. Um, it, it, it escapes me. There was a video of her online and that's where she kind of went, got famous and went viral, but she went out there and she says, motivation is garbage. And my immediate reaction to that was, hold on a second. You can't say motivation is garbage because it's not, you cannot just throw the baby mm-hmm. out with the bathwater. It has a purpose, but her thing was you need to be motivated before you take action. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, I, and on that, I agree on that. I agree. And your book really goes into detail in terms of, Hey man, listen, if you just take action first, if you take action first, the, the motivation will come. And I think that was a good shift for me in my thinking. And I hope that for all of you out there in Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, it's a shift for you and that you don't have to be motivated to want to lose weight. You don't have to be motivated to make that sale or to pick up the phone or to start saving money. You just have to start small. And that's the big takeaway from this. But now we talk about instead of motivation, we start talking about something else, which is willpower management, which takes us to golden nugget number four. What is willpower management and why is it important? There are actually multiple conflicting reports and research on willpower. Some say it's limited. Some say it's unlimited, depending on your perspective. 
So if you believe that it's limited, it will be. And if you don't, it won't be. Uh, and there are some studies that I reference in the book where it suggests that willpower is limited, like uh, the chocolate radish study. Uh, the people who were given radishes versus chocolate uh, quit an impossible task sooner, suggesting that they had less available willpower at their disposal. So that's, that's a really famous study that kicked off this idea that we don't have unlimited willpower. And so, you know, you can look at it in, in any way from any angle, but the bottom line is that we won't always be able to force ourselves to do great things. And that's where willpower management is so important. So um, the idea of a mini habit is to be so small that your willpower is never too limited to engage with the habit. And this actually satisfies both possibilities. If willpower is unlimited, well, you always believe that you can do a mini habit, so you'll be fine. And if willpower is limited, well, many habits are so small that it, it doesn't matter. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, the whole willpower management thing, you talked about five primary causes of weakening willpower or self-control, um, which you call ego depletion. And it was effort, perceived difficulty, negative effect, subjective fatigue, and blood glucose levels. Like we can't forget about that. And the key here was that when you're taking big actions, it requires a lot of energy. Like when you're forcing yourself to go work out or like resist that chocolate. And it can really deplete your willpower and even reduce your glucose levels. So the importance of the mini habit is the mini habit will break down the goal into a manageable step, which will actually even conserve your glucose levels, which will actually, you know, which is your energy source. And so this idea of mini habits, it doesn't challenge your willpower. In fact, it'll help to build it up over time. So again, it's, it's this relationship and this understanding of how mini habits actually helps to slowly start creeping its way into your life. And it's not disruptive. It's not hard. It's just learning a new behavior slowly. And I love that. So we've talked all about mini habits, willpower, motivation, and what it is, why they're important. But now I want to break into the eight steps in the mini habit program. So we break it down to eight steps. And the very first step is choose your mini habits and your habit plan. Let's go through this quickly and kind of lead people through the eight steps that you created. Uh, basically, you want to try to, to pick habits that are related to your values. If, if you don't have any preconceived notions about what you want to do, uh, I recommend starting with your values. And another useful tool is uh, something I call the why drill. That might be a later step though. Yeah, mm. that's step two. In the book for, for step one, I, re I recommended a one week flexible plan. Mm -hmm. where you start with one habit and try it out for a week and then you can see how it feels and how it works. Mm -hmm. And just one thing I want to throw in there that we didn't really Please. cover before. Uh, many habits are a floor, not a ceiling. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to stop at one push-up. Most goals we set traditionally are a ceiling and a floor. It's saying I have to hit this point and I'm not going to go above it or below it. Below it is failure at the point is success and then I'm done. Mini habit is saying, I'm gonna at least hit this point and I can always do more if I want. Awesome, man, perfect. So let's go into uh, step two, which is use the Y drill on each mini habit. Yeah, so the Y drill is uh, 
pretty cool little technique. It's basically you, you're kind of interrogating yourself. Mm. Like if you say, I want to write every day, then ask yourself why? Mm. Then you might say, well, because writing is my passion. And why is that? <laughs> because it's my favorite way to express myself and tell stories. Mm. Why does that matter? Uh, because those things make me feel alive and happy. So you just keep asking yourself why, and it it can be kind of awkward, but typically it'll drill down to the true source of why you want to do that thing. So I started with, I want to write every day, and I ended up with, because it makes me feel alive and happy. And that sure sounds like something worth pursuing. Mm -hmm. Now, if I ask my something, if I ask myself something like, I want to get up at 6 a.m. every day. Why is that? I might get a different answer that is more like because I feel pressured to. And maybe maybe that habit's not going to work because you're not doing it for yourself. Great distinction again, man. Just asking yourself why. And again, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, you know I've said this before. Show me somebody who has enough reasons why, and I'll show you somebody who will always find a way how. And so use the why drill on each mini habit. It's a powerful, powerful way to help you create justification as to why you do what you do. Love that, man. So breaking us into the third step of the eight-step action plan to building our mini habits, define your habit cues. So you say that habits are either time-based or activity-based. So talk to us about this one. Habits are a, a chain. You have the, the trigger the cue, and then you do the behavior, and then there's some sort of reward associated with the behavior, which can be completion of the behavior itself. That's a reward. Mm. Uh, so it's important to, to know what your cue is because that's what gets this process started. A time-based cue is exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to go to the gym at 5 p.m. every day, or I'm going to do at least one push-up at 5 p.m. every day. Mm. Uh, so that's pretty straightforward. A lot of people use their calendars to organize their lives. So that's a good option for them. I like that. I An like activity-based cue is a little bit more flexible. Uh, you can say something like, after I use the restroom, I will do at least one push-up. And of mm. course, that particular one can be that'll be cued multiple times during the day. So that could be, that could be a nice way to get in some more push-ups. Yeah. Uh, it, it follows a pre-existing behavior that you know you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty solid ground and that's definitely a good option. Definitely. The fourth step in creating your mini habits, create your reward plan. Because a lot of habits, they don't offer immediate rewards. And we have this part of our brain where we love instant gratification. We love getting that quick hit of dopamine. So talk to us about the reward plan. So I would say that many habits don't really require an explicit reward because they're, they're so small and the feeling of accomplishment you get from completing any behavior, even a very small one, can be enough of a reward. Mm -hmm. And when you consider things like exercise, uh, you have endorphins, so natural rewards. Um, but you, if, you want to, if you want to create a strong habit loop 
of Q behavior reward, you can always add a small reward like letting yourself watch a TV show without guilt or mm. having a small piece of chocolate, just anything to reinforce the behavior. This, this is pretty well-known uh, psychology. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I agree. And again, this idea of creating rewards and attaching rewards to a, a select behavior that you wish to adopt to a new habit, any single technique that you can use to help drive that behavior change um, is really important. You should be making use of that. Uh, one other great way to help track your, your behavior and to help get that hit of dopamine and to feel proud of yourself is step number five, write everything down. Because when you write something down, it grants it importance. And you can look back at it afterwards and say, wow, look how far I came. So talk to us about step number five, write everything down. This is extremely important for one reason. We have, as I mentioned before, thousands and thousands of thoughts every day. When you write something down, you immediately separate it from the quite messy thoughts hmm. in your mind because we get, we get distracted very easily. We can forget things. When you write something down, you highlight it as extra important. You give it more significance. And when it comes to forming habits, that you really need that extra significance to stick with it. Definitely agree. Very simple thing to do. And there's a lot of different apps you can use. You don't even need an, uh, an application, but uh, habit streak plan, um, even use your notes. It doesn't matter what you use, like create a, put, use a marker on your board and kind of create like if you're doing 90 days in a row of, of a one push up a day or two push ups a day, whatever it is you're doing for your habit, whatever you do, mark, mark it down. Because the one thing I found with all my clients is we don't celebrate our success and we don't remember how far we've mm. come. And when they look back and they say, wow, like day one, look at what I did and look what I'm doing day 90. And now like two, uh, two quarters later at day 180 and look how far I've come. And you become very proud of yourself when you see your own journey play out and keeping a diary, keeping a journal, whatever it is you got to do, write it down. That's something that I absolutely did not uh, really value a lot. And as I started to get my clients to write it down, I started to write down my own progress. I started to see a lot of value in writing that one down. So I'm glad you incorporated that one into the, the eight step process. Really powerful. That's, it's really a reward in itself. Like it that is. can be your reward to write that check mark or. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree, man. Completely agree. Just to say you've done it and put that check mark, completely agree. It's like that to-do list. You get that small little hit of dopamine to say, yeah, yeah. That one little thing. I love it. Love it. So step six, think small. And again, the advantage of the mini habit is that repetition, it strengthens your willpower. So talk to me about thinking small. So I think it's, I think it's our default state to think bigger. We, mm. we think like, how, how great can I become? How successful can I be in any given area? Uh, so it's somewhat unnatural to consider mini habits. That's why... <laughs> That's why I wrote these guidelines because uh, it's very easy to lose track of what makes this so powerful. Mm -hmm. So when you think small, you enable yourself to always succeed. I say, if you can do it on the worst day of your life, what can stop you? Mm, nice. <laughs> and like then when you, when you continue to do it, you're building strength, not only habitual strength where you're forming new neuron, neural pathways in the brain, you're actually building your willpower up as well. So that's why I think it's so important to, 
to stay in a small is big state of mind. I like that, man. Again, it's funny because it's very contrary to what we think. Like you say, we're, I think we're predisposed to think bigger is better. But you say, you know, stupid small is powerful. And I love it. This idea that, listen, we're, we're, we're trying to go the, the wrong way around. There's no wonder we're failing. And hey, listen, if you tried to do the New Year's resolution and you continue to fail, if you tried to set that business goal, that savings goal, that weight loss goal, whatever the hell it is, a relationship goal, and you continue to fail, maybe something is wrong with the approach you're taking. So yeah. try small. Try something different. This might be the thing that sets you apart that gives you enough willpower to create that habit. And again, I think it's really useful to pair this idea with the idea that your mini habit is not a ceiling. It Mm -hmm. is a floor. That's That's another thing we're not used to. We're used to setting ceilings, but this is a floor. And if you're like one push up, come on, do more (laughs) in this in this frame of mind, your ego is actually going to help you. You're going to be insulted to only do one push-up. You're going to try to do more. That's right, man. And on those really rough days where you don't feel like doing anything, listen, you have that that goal, that mini habit to just do one push-up. And you did that one push-up on that day where maybe you had to work a 16-hour shift. You came home (laughs) to crying kids and you had to make dinner and you sit down and you're just like, oh my God, I don't even have enough time to get a good night's rest. Oh, but I got to work out still. What's your mini habit, baby? One push-up, get down there and do that one push-up. And it's just like, all right, I held myself accountable on the worst of the worst days. I can feel proud of myself. Love it, man. When I started out, I did, uh, at times, I would do my one push-up in bed. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even That's getting awesome. on the ground, just in my bed, <laughs> just to meet the requirement. And honestly, it felt good. I was like, yeah. well, you know what? It's not... No one's going to clap for me, but I would have failed in any other system and I can mark this as a success. And that, that mindset is just so refreshing to, to, to keep your momentum going. 100%. 100%. Listen, man, I know that, you know, cut the crap podcast nation. You might be listening. I'm like, come on, man. I push up in bed. I, I think a lot of you probably laughed and a lot of you might identify with it. But if you think that was silly, it's, it's not because this is all for you and you're creating new habits. You're holding yourself accountable. You're teaching yourself to be disciplined. We talk about this all the time. Self-discipline is one of the four pillars of resilience. And if you don't have that self-discipline to just do one push up to build that mini habit, then what are you doing? 3D, discipline determines destiny. You got to build that muscle. And sometimes it's just doing the bare minimum. And I love them. I love that the vulnerable um, example that you shared with us. It's like, oh man, I'm already in bed and <laughs> closing my eyes. But it's like, God, I got to do my one push up. All right, here we go. One. But I, you did it. You did it. And that means a big deal in the long run. I was just going to say my, my floor today is actually 15 push ups. So love to me, that's the equivalent of one push up. So. That's the progress I've made. And, and I am one of the worst examples. My readers have much greater success than I do with my own system. <laughs> it's not always the way it is. We're just you know, yeah. schooled by people using your own program. And you're just like, man, like, bravo, bravo. Yeah. Happens to me all the time. The last two steps. Let's run through these ones. Step number seven, meet your schedule and drop high expectations. Kind of already talked a little bit about that, but go into a little bit more detail for us. Yeah, so expectations are a little bit tricky thing because it's really good to have generally high expectations for yourself, to have high self-esteem. 
because it it increases what you're willing to to try to do but if you let your expectations kind of bleed out into very specific things very specific moments like i have to run 8 miles every day <laughs> then you're you're going to shatter those expectations on some days and that'll actually weaken your your general high expectations it'll lower them um so it's good to have high expectations in general for your life as a whole but be very careful about expecting too much on any given day because life happens that's right completely agree you want to feel good about your accomplishments and you want to focus on consistency because that consistency will build that self-discipline muscle so again, very important. And last but not least, step number eight to building your mini habit, watch for signs of habit, but be careful not to jump the gun. Finish this one up for us. Sure. So there are a few reliable indicators of habit. The first one is resistance. How, how resistant do you feel to doing the behavior? And for me, this, this is actually the biggest benefit. People talk about habits becoming mindless, like you automatically go to the gym. Mm. I don't find that necessarily true. I find it's more that you don't have any resistance and you still have to choose to do it, but you enjoy doing it. You enjoy choosing to do that. And there is some automaticity involved in that. Like, oh, it's six o'clock, time to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. But it's really the lack of resistance that that makes a habit magic in my opinion uh another thing to look for is identity um before your habit is established it's probably something you look at as oh man i wish i would do this once it is your habit you say i'm a writer i write every day or i'm i'm a reader i read part of a book every day it becomes a part of you without question. Those are some of the signs that you'll see when you've developed that positive habit. The activity becomes less emotional, more routine. And just like you said, it becomes a part of who you are. I'm a writer. I'm a cyclist. You know, this is what I do. I'm a podcaster. It's just what I do now. And to be in that position, it's a good place to be. And one last thing that I think is very important is it can actually become somewhat boring, which sounds mm. bad, but is good. Uh, we get into the mindset that things always need to be exciting because of this motivation driven, uh, mm. story we're told where, oh, I have to always be amped up to exercise, <laughs> but it's when exercise is routine and semi boring that you've really made it, that you're there. Being disciplined, you know, it's not going to be exciting. Like I work out and it's not that exciting to me, but I know that I do it because I think about why it is that I, I do it. And it's a part of my identity. It's, it's what I do. It's who I am. And it's mm. just, I don't actually give it that much thought, but I think it's important to realize when people are like, oh, it's boring. It's like, it's okay if it's boring because why are mm. you doing it in the first place? Is it a part of who you are? What's the long-term benefit as to why you're doing it? And again, go back to one of the previous points we mentioned. If you have enough reasons why, you'll always find a way how. So let's not mm. forget that as well. But again, that is mini habits, smaller habits, bigger results. But my friend, Stephen Guys, my man, again, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Before we end this off here, Stephen, for people who want to look more into you and follow you along, how can they go about doing that? 
You can find me on Amazon. That's where my four books reside. Nice. Uh, and then I also have minihabits.com. That's the companion site for the book and also my newer book, Elastic Habits. And then my website is stephenguys.com, though you'll probably spell it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Thanks again for your time. All right, there we have it. That is Mini Habits, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results by our guest, Stephen Guys. Great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like this episode, then please go to Get Abstract. Go to getab.li slash rrx and download the summary for Mini Habits. Again, that's Get Abstract. That's G-E-T-A-B.li slash rrx. Also, please let me know what your top takeaway was from today's episode. Send me a text message. Let me know what your top golden nugget was from today or the top takeaway or the top action, the one thing you learned from today's episode. I want to hear from you. So please throw me a text message. 1-917-540-8169. Again, that's 1-917-540-8169. I look forward to receiving that text message from you and having a conversation. In any case, my friends, that is a wrap for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that you have yourself a fantastic, productive, inspired week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.